0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing; believing is singing.
1: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive three hundred and
2: sixty-five
1: days a year. I'm Tom.
2: I'm Julia.
0: I'm Anthony. Guys, have your TVs been like set to Hallmark for the past few weeks?
2: Yes.
0: Mine too. Yeah, and I've it's fallen asleep cool. to approximately eight of them. <laughs> I, know I, I know I'm like so harsh on Hallmark, but this time of year in the middle of summer, like mm-hmm. when there are no other channels showing the good stuff. like
2: Yeah, when you're like I hard agree. up for Christmas, they're perfect for it. I really Mine is do. not.
1: Every waking moment I have, where uh, uh, Christine and I are together and Ellie is asleep, we are watching Stranger Things.
0: <laughs> Good choice. Way better than any Homer Christmas movie. Yes,
2: we made, it,
1: we made it through season one, y'all, which ends on a nice Christmassy note.
2: Yes, it does. Just it to really does. To do it on the show at some point. That's right. Oh yes, we need to do that. I, I right do love that. This-
1: before starts, we should do a. Patreon episode.
2: That's a good idea.
1: Yeah. I'm down. I do like
2: that you got past the hereditary debacle and listened to our good advice on Stranger Things.
1: You've been redeemed.
2: Yay. The true
0: test now is Goonies, where me and Julie are divided.
1: I love Goonies.
2: Mm -hmm. I I just
1: told Christine tonight I've never seen Goonies.
2: Or no. Has she?
1: No, we were talking Stand By Me. Never mind. I've never seen Stand By Me either.
2: Oh, you haven't seen Stand By Me? So mm-hmm. good.
1: This, so. Is what happens when you're, this is what happens when you're a kid with grandparents instead of parents. You miss out on some <laughs> of the cool stuff.
2: Oh, I wasn't allowed to see Stand By Me. I snuck it.
1: Oh, I didn't even know it was a thing.
2: Yeah.
0: So, guys, I pre-ordered two advent calendars this year already.
2: Yeah, Funkos?
0: The Harry Potter Funko one and the Marvel Funko one.
2: So, is the Harry Potter Funko one the same one you got last year?
0: Nope, different.
2: They are changing them. That's yeah. good news. Because I was wondering and waiting until I knew that yeah. for sure.
0: Yep, they're changing them.
2: <gasps> That's so great news.
0: I'm very excited. And if you checked out our social media, I got my first batch of ornaments this year, too.
2: Yay! I've got to get that elf one. I have to. How
0: cool <laughs> is that?
2: Yes. Yeah. The cute. Q- and did you hear what he said? Did you hear the.
1: Did, did you, you turn see the, the volume up? Uh-uh. You, you, oh, he open his mouth,
2: mouth and he goes, son of a nutcracker. Oh, <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: By far the best purchase I have made so far.
2: Mm-hmm. The win. <laughs> you know, I missed out on some movies as a
1: child that I've had to make up for, but one I did not miss out on was 1994's The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. And I don't, know where any of you stand on this movie since we've never discussed it before and this is all fresh and new. I can't believe we made it this long without talking to Santa Claus. uh, So let's do a quick plot synopsis. After Scott Calvin murders Santa Claus, he decides for whatever reason that the best thing he could possibly do is put on this dead guy's clothes. In doing so, he gets trapped into some weirdly weird elf legally binding contract that now means that he is Santa Claus. And that's where we start.
2: Oh, boy. It is dark. <laughs> Devella's <It's> not wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's start with histories. And um, I think one of us has this as a favorite movie of all times on definitely high up on list when we discussed our scheduling. So we'll let uh, Anthony start.
0: Sure. <laughs> sure. I, um, so this movie came out in 1994. Uh, so I was a youngin' when it came out. I was four, five. How do you do that math? Five. I was five when this movie came out in November of 1994, one week before Miracle on 34th Street. Good year for Christmas movies. Um, And I remember seeing it in theaters and loving it. Tim Allen was a hilarious yet heartwarming Santa Claus and, um, yeah, I remember owning this VHS too, because I remember that image of Tim Allen in the weird red body jumpsuit, like on the spine and like this movie getting so much play time, like the box was just totally ripped. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I love this movie. Um, it is right up there with Elf as my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Spoiler alert. Um. And I think, I mean, we'll get into the reasons why when we talk about it, but, you know, Tim Allen is one of my Santas and this North Pole is my North Pole.
1: So. How about you, Julia?
2: So I was 12 when this came out and I remember seeing it in the theaters with my family and all of us loving it and just like cracking up at it and this movie to date is still a movie that my dad will quote which is kind of a big deal because he doesn't really get into that kind of stuff but he will quote yo" all the time whenever appropriate or not and it just comes out um so that was kind of nice and i think that's kind of the warm fuzzies with this movie too is when my dad can get into the christmas spirit kind of a big deal because it doesn't happen very easily. So I love this movie. I love Tim Allen though. I'm a big fan. And I just remember this being one of the first really unique Christmas movies. I remember seeing where the story was fresh. I love it. Yeah,
1: I can definitely agree with that. I was excited to see it because my family, we were big home improvement fans. And when this movie came out, it was number one in the box office home improvement was the number one show on television. And, Tim Allen's book uh, Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man was the number one bestseller on New York Times. So it was a pretty big week for Tim Allen back in November of 1994. I okay, love can this
0: Can I story. say that advice still stands in 2019 to Tim Allen with the timeless
1: advice? I'm going to take your word for that because I <laughs> don't have much experience on that front. Uh, <laughs> so i love this movie it was creative it was fun uh it was magical the cgi in it was amazing for the time Um, i was blown away at the look of the north pole and i want It still to this day when i watch this movie i want nothing more than a cup of judy's hot
0: cocoa Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm gonna interject and say for the time i think the reindeer in this
1: film hold up better than the reindeer number two and three yes they got too slapsticky in two and three.
0: Um, I will say just I'm going to give Sarah's history, brief history. This is one of her favorite Christmas films, and she's not really big into Christmas, but she said as a child, uh, this was the film that kind of made her start doubting uh, some Christmas secrets. Oh, really? hmm Which we can discuss as we get into the plot of this film. And maybe now's a good time to warn any parents who are listening with children. There is an aspect of this plot that we'll talk about um, that may bring up sh- some harsh truths in our discussion. So just be warned.
1: I am going to share, too, a recipe that I found when I was looking in this movie on uh, how to make Judy's hot chocolate.
2: Ooh, just I'm
1: uh so that was delicious you now. just looking at the picture right this movie came out in november 1994 um wow guys this movie that makes this means this christmas is gonna be the 25th anniversary of it
2: That's wow you know That's we've, talked to, I'm <laughs> we've talked impressed
1: we've talked for a long I, i'm real good at math we've talked <laughs> a lot about doing a live movie watching with some of our listeners on zoom Mayhaps mm-hmm. it could be this one. Subtle <gasps> 25th anniversary.
2: That would be fun. Listen to oh. like your game.
1: Let us know. We'll create we'll open up a big Zoom room. We'll all start the movie at the same time and watch it together. I think maybe I can even convince Christine to give the Santa Claus another try with all of us watching it. So, oh,
0: yeah, gosh, she didn't like this one, right?
1: I think she's come around to it, somehow. so this movie is directed by john pasquin and john pasquin is no stranger to tim allen he was a director on home improvement for eight years which probably explains why tim allen was cast in this movie for his this was his first big screen movie he did his first lead on the big screen
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know some of the people they wanted to cast in this one right
1: who do they want to cast anthony
0: uh, Harrison Ford was considered for the role of Scott Calvin, which would have been bizarre. Uh, R- Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> oh, jeez! I didn't know that
1: one. I did not know that one.
2: There's the second um, casting I'm glad failed for Rowan Atkinson.
1: After Voldemort.
2: <laughs> after Voldemort. <laughs>
0: um, Bill Murray turned down the part. He was offered the part. Um, huh. Chevy Chase was considered. But schedule and conflict, conflicts forced him to turn it down. And Brian Cranston was considered for the role of Neil. Oh,
2: my that, gosh. I'm not going to complain about
0: that. I could see. I could yeah. see it, too. If you go back to his Malcolm in the Middle Seinfeld
1: days when he was bigger yep. into comedy, he totally could have done that. Could have pulled yep. it off easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... John Pasquin had a little experience on the small screen before getting this movie as well. He did a few episodes of Growing Pains, some of New Heart, some Family Ties, did some made-for-TV movies, shows that were big like L.A. Law. This was his first big movie release. He followed it up with Jungle to Jungle, the first gentleman. Uh, I got a little excited when I was researching because I saw Miss Congeniality and then I realized it was Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous, which is still a good movie but I thought for a moment he directed Miss and got super excited.
0: Wait, was that sarcasm, <laughs> or do you think that's a good movie?
1: I like both of them a lot. I, I love like Sandy B. They're just so I, easy. I, to, I, I,
0: the first one's one of my favorite Sandy B movies, but I can't stand the second one.
1: Um, he's also done... He did some of the original Roseanne episodes and some of the new Roseanne episodes, and he's directed... 74 episodes of Last Man Standing, so he and Tim Allen have worked well together over the years. The writers for this movie are Joe Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick. <laughs> Both of these guys did a Tom Arnold documentary, The Naked Truth. They also wrote the Santa Claus 2 and 3, did some episodes oh, Are We There Yet? <laughs> Steve Rudnick did The Muppets and... Joe Benvenuti also did Kicking and Screaming.
0: Oh, Will Ferrell movie.
1: Yeah, Will Ferrell movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so the cast. Let's go through the cast. Our main man in this movie is Tim Allen. We've typically discussed all of his TV shows uh, in this intro, but we'll go through them real quick anyway. He got his big start on Home Improvement. Uh, and there are
0: multiple home improvement references in this film.
1: There really are. As he does, he's doing that at all of his shows, so if you watch Last Man Standing, he makes a yeah. lot of references back, to, which is funny. He was in the movie uh, For Richer or Poor. He is the voice of Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> Toy Story franchise, and who doesn't love that? He's, we've covered his other movies as well, aside from this franchise. We talked Christmas with the Cranks. Did you all see the movie Penguins?
2: Is that where they sing? That's Happy Feet.
1: That's Happy Feet.
2: I don't think I ever saw Penguin. Well, it was penguins. a really
1: random obscure movie that Tim Allen was in that I don't know that anybody actually huh.
2: watched. Like as a penguin? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was like a penguin cast. Not like Mr. Popper's penguins, whereas like no, humans. Penguins.
1: Which, which is a great movie.
2: Yes, it is. It's a great movie. I love it.
1: Tim Allen's supporting sidekick in this is his son, Eric Lloyd. Who is also in all of the Santa Claus franchises? All of the Santa, who is also in all of the, the Santa Claus franchise movies? Uh, he's done a lot of other voice work and smaller parts. Nothing else really at this caliber at all. I think we all agree one of our favorite characters in this movie, by far, is Bernard. And when the franchise leaves him out of a movie, we reel from the loss. He is played by David Krumholtz who is from not very far from where you live, Anthony. He's a New Yorker.
0: Oh, what part of New York?
1: Uh, what we're, well, uh, no, I thought it was the Bronx. He's from the, he's from Queens.
0: Hmm.
1: And he has done a lot of TV shows, a lot of TV shows over the years. Um, the first experience I really had with him was in 10 things I hate about you. Y'all remember? Yeah. See, did y'all see Julia Stiles comments? about that movie recently?
2: No. What did she say?
1: Uh, She can't watch the movie anymore. She said it was just really hard for her to watch. She was... uh, Because
2: of... What's his face?
1: Partially because of Heath Ledger, partially because she's humiliated at things she did, like dancing on a table, even for a movie.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Big drunk drunk dancing. I know. Uh, He had a recurring role on The Closer. He was in the show Freaks and Geeks... Which is another awesome show mm-hmm. also in undeclared which was really good he oh. was one of the he was one of the leads in numbers he was in mr popper's penguins <sighs> bringing it right back he had a few roles on raising hope he was in another christmas movie we all have probably seen a very Harold a very Harold and kumarth christmas 3d Christ. blah a very <laughs> and Kumar 3d christmas
2: he was in that. I forgot.
0: about
1: He him. was. I totally forgot about that. Um, I have not
2: seen that movie. That I'm
1: a little, little family. Not a very disgusted
2: g- that you lumped me into the group that had you assumed had watched it. I'm I sure by
0: this next had. year
1: you will be part of the, <laughs> that group <Probably>.
2: who watched. <laughs>
1: Challenge accepted. We're gonna make this happen. Uh, he's also in the. Uh, so I will so say party. Neil
0: Patrick Harris had an amazing song in that film. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
2: He's in that movie?
1: Oh, yeah. He's, in He's big in all three of them. Yeah.
2: Really?
1: All right. Then playing the one that got away, Laura, Scott Calvin's ex-wife, is Wendy Cruson. And Wendy Cruson has done – she's been acting for uh, quite a while, back since before any of us were born. Her big movies that we would all know, she was in Air Force One – she was in The Covenant. She was in The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She's in that recent movie. Did y'all see The Room? Or Room? Sorry. Room. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Was-
2: with Bree Larson. Yep.
1: Yep. It was really disturbing. She was just she had a, a role on it as a talk show Great host, movie. but hmm. I didn't like it. Christine liked it. It was not my my thing.
0: Well, no. it is disturbing.
1: It yeah, is this really disturbing. That's not what bothered me. I guess maybe it was. It made me really uncomfortable.
0: Um, I will say as a, when I was a kid, I used to think she was the same actress who played Tim Allen's wife on Home Improvement. Oh, that's funny. Um, also, mm-hmm. I was watching a Hallmark film yesterday in which she starred in. And also, she was not the first... Uh, I have no clue. They all went together oh. for me. And also... <laughs> She was not the first choice for Laura. Just who like, was uh, Angelica Houston was considered for the role. That be- oh, too harsh. Too harsh. Uh, who else? Mary McDonnell, Jennifer Grey, and Julia Roberts were considered for the role. Julia Roberts,
2: no.
1: No, I think his wife from Home Improvement could have done it, but I don't think anybody else Jill. you've listed here would do it. Jill, yeah, I don't think anybody else you listed would. She was also in. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Nope, that was it. I was just seeing. She's also that.
1: in Better Than Chocolate and Bicentennial Man. Hmm. Uh, last, but certainly not least, well, we'll have a shout out for one more, but the last big person we're going to talk about is Neil.
2: Neil, <laughs> I love Neil.
1: Judge Reinhold.
0: <laughs> Reinhold, <laughs> Reinhold, Reinhold,
1: Reinhold, Reinhold. <laughs> He's got amazing, he's an
0: amazing TV. He's in Arrested
1: Development. It was Arrested Development. He had a show where he was the judge.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> whatever – people had to sign on that whatever he said, whatever his decisions were, would stand, even though he wasn't a real judge. They got it because his name was Judge.
0: Yeah, it was like a Judge Judy type show, like TV oh, show. Oh, it was epic. <laughs> judge Judge Reinhold.
1: <laughs> so he's got some big names under his belt. He was in um, – Magnum P.I., Stripes, Fast Times at Richmond High, Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop. He hasn't really done much worth mentioning, y'all.
2: Well, he did this, so that's enough for me.
1: And Arrested Development. (laughs) Yep. Uh, He was in a movie called Bad Grandmas, and Four Christmases and a Wedding, a TV Christmas movie I have never even heard of. (laughs)
0: wait bad grandmas is that a movie that's in production because i know they're making that bad mom sequel with their mothers
1: no bad grandmas was a movie in 2007 that looks like it may very well have gone straight to dvd it's grandma's accidentally kill a con man when his partner shows up things go south quickly oh my gosh then not that his part is terribly large but i do want to mention peter boyle is in this and we all love peter boyle Mm-hmm. yes Me. love peter um,
0: and it's funny because he's not father time in this film. he was in the
1: third one is father time and that was awesome
0: <laughs> and the second
1: <laughs> he wasn't the second one not not as much though not nearly nope as big of bigger part okay so let's jump in movie opens we've got this hard-working dad who is more concerned about his Career than his child that he neglects. You can tell his kid is obviously Charlie is obviously very let down by his dad's continual failures. Um, mm-hmm. He's having he's at on Christmas Eve. He's at a company party. We see that trope again that shows up in movies. But I don't know anybody who ever goes to an office Christmas party on Christmas Eve. Uh,
0: uh, John McLean's wife. That's why,
1: <laughs> it's a trope. That's why I said trope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, that. I didn't even hear
1: that. I'm sorry. I block you out when you talk, Tom. So, after Scott leaves this inappropriate party where he jokes about infidelity, he goes home and he's on the phone with his ex wife and lying about why he's not at his house to meet Charlie, about traffic, and blasting his horn at people who aren't there. He gets home and Charlie's not happy to see him. Charlie doesn't want to stay. He do tells you ever his mom do
0: that. Home. Like when you're like trying to get off a call, I've done that before. Like,
2: <laughs> why? No. Well, if I want,
1: if yeah. I want to get off a call, I just tell people, "Hey, I'm getting off the call."
0: No, I've I've, I've totally done the whole going through a tunnel, uh, beep beep, a oh, crap, getting pulled over. I've done all that.
2: Oh my god,
1: that doesn't work. Our tunnel's like the longest tunnel we have is like 15 feet or whatever, right? By <laughs> Yeah, we we don't have tunnels that we lose calls in. Uh, um, so goes home, Charlie. I th- I tells us a little hope.
0: hard on Scott, just a little bit.
2: We're being a little hard uh, on Scott. At, no, no. I, As
0: the, a dad, no, no, no. In the sense, he he totally neglects Charlie. He's totally like awful for like working Christmas Eve. Totally always late, never showing up for anything. One hundred percent. But I think we should also be fair and say he clearly does care about his son. You can see he's a little hurt when Charlie sees – when he overhears Charlie tell his mother he doesn't want to spend Christmas with his dad. You can tell he's quite upset when he finds out Neil and Laura made the decision to tell Charlie there's no Santa Claus without his input. Yep. Like there, you there are. There's evidence he really does care for his son, even if he is not the best father at all at this point.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I would argue. I feel at the beginning this that that even that in and of itself is like a selfish. His motivation there for that for those feelings is selfish. It doesn't feel genuine to me, but I don't know. Um. So he's cooking a turkey, burns it miserably.
0: Uh, i al- I always love that shot in the film where you see the beautiful Christmas meal <laughs> and then you pan out to the kitchen and he 's just like battling fire in the oven with the fire extinguisher.
1: and, and it's one of my favorite scenes from any movie I remember it as a kid I thought it was so funny he He puts out the fire and the he's holding the the fire extinguisher and talking to Charlie, and all at once the fire just roars back up and He's, he's a definitely a special cook, that's for sure. this in a place where they send special Christmas cooks. So they end up at some Denny's-like restaurant that is just as depressing as we can all imagine. Mm-hmm. With other dads. It
2: really is. With other dads. <laughs> Wounded it's, dads. They've all got
1: battle scars that they're, that they're sharing.
0: Oh, boy. And the waitress's <laughs> name is Judy, which is important because that comes back later.
1: That is mm-hmm. very important.
2: And you have the inverse of Christmas story meal scene at the end where it's a bunch of Asian people at a Denny's for Christmas instead of a bunch of white people at a...
0: Uh, Yeah, good call.
2: Oh, that is true. That's funny.
0: (laughs) It would have been really funny if the waitresses were singing.
1: Really (laughs) awfully. (laughs) Stereotypical white women singing.
0: (laughs) Bragging it out like Mariah Carey. (laughs)
1: so after this they go home Charlie's just miserable Scott's feeling like a failure they go home and he puts Charlie to bed they're having a talk on is he isn't he Scott's really trying to keep that Christmas feeling alive resorting to what he does best lying yet again to his son um (laughs) I, he is telling his
0: son there's a santa claus and trying to allay his doubts yes
2: mhm that's what but he's doing but at this point
1: at this point it's blatant lying though i mean it's not just the whole do you want to believe thing no he's like actively trying to convince him uh they read the night before christmas and i love charlie's question about the rose such a clatter
2: <laughs> I have always liked that. It's very clever.
1: It's, it is very clever um not something I had ever thought about, but it makes no, sense no, for no. a child um and they hear some news there they hear some noise outside, and there arose such a clatter as Charlie tells his dad, and they go outside, and Scott Calvin is in his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, um, "Hey, you!" And, <laughs> at some weirdo climbing his house in the middle of the night. I mean, that seems like a valid thing to cry.
0: Um, <laughs> that Santa Claus that slides off his roof did not look like a good Santa. He looked like a no, fake he, Santa. he
1: looked like the mall yeah. Santa from Elf. Yeah. Oh my God! He
0: totally, totally. he totally did.
1: All right, and this is where our movie really begins. We have our our we have our major moment first
2: death has occurred
1: where we're all just very ambivalent about the fact that we watched santa claus die
2: <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: in fairness in fairness we don't get confirmation he disappears as scott calvin says he's naked somewhere
2: <laughs> we mean, watch, make-
1: <laughs> and also i thought it was really weird that we watched him wave goodbye as he's dying yeah. Oh,
2: that little glove wave is so sad.
1: It is
0: sad. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked that, though. I thought that was cute.
2: <laughs> it is cute, but it's sad also. <laughs> maybe, and I'm gonna... maybe,
0: maybe he was happy. Like, that's why he waved goodbye, because he was finally released from this contract of servitude that he was probably
2: Tricked into. <laughs> tricked into. <laughs> It is super twisted that he always has that card in his jacket in just such a case that he happens to meet an untimely demise during his route. By the way, (laughs) put the suit on. Reindeer will know what to do.
1: (laughs) That's the weird thing. I I can honestly say I can't think of a situation where somebody would fall off of my roof and I would bend over and start taking their clothes (laughs) and putting them on.
0: Uh, in, fa- in fairness, he folded up the clothes and, and chased his son up the road, such a clatter ladder, onto the roof where there were eight live reindeer and a sleigh <laughs> parked on his roof. And then to get his son to shut up, he put on the coat and said, You happy?
1: <laughs> Still don't think I would put on some dead guy's dirty outfit. Maybe it's just me. I don't know but scott does it and he (laughs) accidentally starts the reindeer going and now we we are all cut up and he has become santa claus and i've been talking a while so i'll let somebody else take over
0: he hasn't quite become santa yet he's just wearing the suit i would say the whole movie is about his transformation into becoming santa at the end fair but the reindeer fly him down this freeway. He scares a truck driver who's half asleep on the road driving on Christmas Eve.
1: <laughs> By asking him for directions.
0: <laughs> Tries to casually pull up next to him. So if I take I-95, south, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> flies up to a house uh charlie's like put on the rest of the suit dad and he grumbles puts on the suit i hope you're happy comet i hope you're happy and then and slides down the chimney with his magical bag this is my favorite santa bag in any movie like the gifts mm-hmm. that appear different gifts appear in each house he goes to so
2: mm-hmm.
0: i think that's cool
2: yeah that always worked for me that good. made good sense or something you know i was yeah, like it that's sense. how it-
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good way for him to keep track of millions of gifts he delivers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the bag just does it for him. But I just that want to might.
1: know what's on the other side of that bag.
2: Well, uh, a magical one-way ticket into the North Pole?
1: Like, this would have made if this were the bag that Buddy had crawled into it would have made for a very short movie for Elf. Somebody would have seen him crawling in and put him right back out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the bag would have like, you know spat him out. him
2: out yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love we were going in the same, the same direction that, that was funny <laughs> so scott
0: empties the bag at this one house <laughs> And is happy it's over. And then the reindeer literally fly to the house next door and he looks around and he's like, This is gonna be a long night. (laughs) Which is the most reasonable reaction
2: anyone would have had (laughs) at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) I do like while he's doing all of this, he's getting like good quality time with Charlie. And you Mm -hmm. can tell he starts to really enjoy that. I like that part of it. He softens and (laughs) Realizes that before he gets a cat scan in the morning, he's going to enjoy what's happening tonight. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) I I like
0: that. I do like that as well. Each, this is like a five minute scene, but you see, you know, this scene answers so many questions about how Santa does what he does. So, like, chimneys appear when he needs them. If the house doesn't have a chimney, uh, the bag can hold up any size thing because he pulls a canoe out at one point and nearly and does knock over a Christmas tree and uh, (laughs) he bonds with this little girl uh, who Mm -hmm. is in the living room who says I thought you'd be fatter what happened to your beard and he's trying to placate her and then she's like aren't you gonna drink the milk and he's like I'm lactose
2: intolerant (laughs) he's so grouchy (laughs) to her
0: I know (laughs) But that makes a payoff at the end really cute. It, it comes really, back. really does. Um, yeah, it really does. <laughs> so, sun starts to rise, he's happy, he's going home, but the reindeer take him to the, the middle of the, of the snowy tundra, where there's literally just one pole in the middle of the, snow, <laughs> in the middle of the snow. And he's like, what is that? And Charlie's like, I think it's a north pole. <laughs> That's the North Pole. <laughs> but then we get our first glimpse of the real North Pole because an elf comes up and types a code into this pole and this ice starts to lower into the ground and it is one of the most magical North Poles on film.
2: Yeah.
1: We've talked really a lot is. about how technology at the North Pole is kind of, is usually pretty cheesy and hokey, but this really worked.
2: Yeah, it was a great blend of old and new. It was, mm. and the
0: new wasn't too new or overly reliant yeah. on technology. No, no
1: it's it twenty five years later. It still apply, It still works.
2: And this yeah, even the a- ELFS are using technology that you know is technology, but it has an old quality like- to it.
0: Yeah, like you feel like they never quite catch up to modern times. They're still a little behind, yeah. yeah. which I appreciated.
1: And well, I wouldn't yeah. say they're behind. I wouldn't say they're behind. I'd say there's still a magic element here, right?
2: Yeah, right. that's true. It's not, retire- it's not relying on technology. It's magic. Very true.
0: I like that. And this North Pole is 20 times more magical than what the redesign they do in 2 and 3.
2: Oh, that's the truth.
1: I don't understand the redesign, but... I don't yeah, it didn't
2: that. need to be redesigned. It was perfect. They should have just left it. That bed that he sleeps in, that night when he goes to sleep in the North Pole, like literally looks like the most comfortable bed ever.
0: Yeah, it does.
2: Marty even commented, he's like, man. So, oh,
0: so man. when he... Hashtag yeah, as, <laughs> <laughs> as he's being lowered down into the North Pole, we get our first well, not our first, another dark undertone where all these elves who worked for the last Santa just glance up at him like, eh, new guy. Like they don't even seem to mourn the old guy at all.
2: That's when Marty was watching it with me at that point. He walked by and he's like, I never understood this. It's like, they don't even care. (laughs) Twisted. (laughs) Like
1: And and this never, Scott never thinks of this when he's, you know, becoming the next Santa. Like, oh, that was, that's, They're not going to care when I'm gone.
0: Well, if I was Scott, though, I'd be thinking of it because I think my son would be out to murder me because Charlie says at the end of this film, I'm going to go into the family business after seeing the only way to do that is to kill his father.
1: (laughs) We don't know necessarily that's the only way, though, right? That's true. There could be some sort of inheritance or passing of the torch.
0: But anyway, it is here we meet Bernard, the head elf, who is extraordinarily grouchy. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he seems to not have time for any silliness. <laughs> Santa.
2: Like the huh? best wig ever. The
0: best wig with like little Oh dreads. my gosh.
2: Yes. <laughs> like Made out of yarn. It looks like it's made out of yarn. He <laughs> looks like a Cabbage Patch Kid.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, he does.
0: And he He is tasked with explaining to Scott Calvin, you entered a binding contract with putting on that suit. So he takes him to this room in the North Pole where there is a magnifying glass. (laughs) And basically he has to put ten magnifying glasses in front of this little Santa Claus business card for Scott Calvin to even read the tiny fine print that said, you put on the suit you become the big guy, basically.
2: And that's entrapment, folks.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Bernard basically says, you know, you have until Thanksgiving of next year to get your affairs in order. Then you have to come up here, basically, and, you know, become Santa. And uh, he says he'll ship the list to the house so he can check it at home. And Scott, completely clueless about this whole Christmas thing because he just has no childhood left in him. He's like, what list? And Bernard's like, you know, the list. He's making a list. <laughs> and Charlie's like, checking it twice. And then all the elves <laughs> are like, find out who's naughty and nice. And Bernard just looks like he hates his life at that <laughs> <laughs>
1: point. So I crap. think that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So like Julia mentioned, Scott and Charlie go into the bedroom, the most
2: comfortable bed
0: in existence, shaped like a sleigh.
2: Yes. And the puppets. The puppets. One of my favorite parts in the entire movie is when he goes in there and he's changing out of the Santa costume into PJs that Judy's provided and he drops his pants and in the background like Judy and Punch are just like talking to each other in gibberish or whatever and then he drops his pants and they both go wah and then they stop and they go back to talking to each other and it's so funny. So what's funny, funny about
0: that too is when they do that he immediately pulls the pants back up as if he's offending somebody who's not a puppet
2: yeah yeah oh it's so funny it's so funny
0: um i but love also judy creepy,
2: i noticed this point is he totally hits on judy and that's like creepo Wait, what does he yeah Yeah, yeah. It's a little creepy. I mean, he doesn't really hit on her, but he kind of – that's how it's perceived. So they're sitting there, and he – she's like, I'm a million years old or whatever. I've been working on this recipe for blah, blah years. He's like, oh, you don't look a day over, blah, blah, or you look good for your age. And she was like, thanks, but I'm dating somebody in packaging. Like, she (laughs) thought it was a come on, and she doesn't respond with repulsion. She responds with a, sorry, I'm already taken. I mean, I was like, ew, ew. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna defend
0: him because he clearly didn't mean it that way because he looked slightly creeped out when
2: <laughs> No, so maybe it's wish. creepy on Judy's part. I don't know. She's um, how many years older than him though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's... it's creepy for her to so, hit on which, him.
1: <laughs> which one of them is which one is the creeper here, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talk about robbing the cradle. <laughs> um i love judy though and she has a nice little heart to heart with scott who is saying he sees the north pole including a polar bear directing traffic which i'm still yeah. excited to see. but he doesn't <laughs> believe any of it and then she says one of the best lines in any christmas movie seeing isn't believing believing is seeing which uh i like the sentiment behind that a lot because the ties into the whole, you know, kind of faith aspect of Christmas too, right? Yes. So, Julia, do you want to take it from here? Because I feel like I've been rambling on for ages now. <laughs> do this. So, and and
2: stuff. right. So, they go to bed that night, and the next, and it's a super sweet moment too when they're falling asleep. Him and Charlie are facing each other in bed, and they just have like the sweetest moment. Charlie is so happy, and You feel like Scott is just like so happy that he made him happy like that or that he's happy like that. So it's really sweet. And Scott Calvin rolls over and he's got a smile on his face when he falls asleep too. So they wake up the next morning, Christmas morning, and they're back in Scott's house. And I like the setup to that too, where Charlie rushes in like every kid on Christmas morning and is super excited about the presents and yells at him to get up. And it takes a while for Scott to come out from underneath the covers. And when he does, you see he still has the SCPJs on. And so we get that inkling that we knew it wasn't a dream, but now we really know it wasn't a dream. So Christmas morning, Charlie's pumped about the gifts. Scott's confused where the PJs came from. And then you throw his ex-wife and Neil into the mix because they've come to pick up Charlie and it's just mass confusion because Scott's trying to figure out what's real and what's not. Charlie's saying what's real as we went to the North Pole. Mom is worried because, you know, he didn't just perpetuate the Santa idea, but he like hardcore perpetuated it. And she's like, man, you're really pushing this hard. And then Neil does (laughs) absolutely awesome psycho babble with charlie <laughs> and he just he's so reasonable about it oh okay <laughs> we'll, we'll so they, talk about
1: this when we get home that's
2: right <laughs> <laughs> so they leave handles him
1: like a pro, like a pro
2: oh he he yeah and throughout the whole movie he does that i really love charlie's pretty he's a stalwart you know he doesn't he doesn't sway and you know what the- i love
0: you know, I love about Neil though. He don't make him a villain. He legitimately cares about Charlie. Yeah. Like they don't make, you know, Scott, the good parent. And you don't, you don't resent the mother or Neil. Like they're all want what's best for Charlie in this film, which I like.
2: Right. Right. So they go home and Scott's trying to put the pieces together.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's really impressive that they can pull that off because, uh, for a while she is the she is scott's protagonist right she is the one who is
0: antagonist
1: yeah she is the antagonist to scott because she's the one who's trying to get him to deny all this stuff to she's starting to take charlie away taking scott to court and um we still see her as a as a genuinely good character
2: yeah so the next major scene is when there's show and tell day at the school and Charlie's dad. So Scott Calvin is there, but so is Neil because it's a blended family. So and career day,
0: not show and tell day.
2: Career day. That's right. It's career day. Show and tell um, parents. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, So then he introduces his dad first because he's super excited to tell everybody Santa. That's exactly what he does. So Scott gets up there and he starts to talk, but Charlie completely railroads him and says, basically, here's the deal. My dad knocks Santa off the roof. Santa's dead. Now my dad's Santa. And isn't that amazing? And all the kids start asking questions. Neil looks genuinely concerned. So does the teacher. And this leads to a pretty funny interchange in the principal's office. Wait, before <laughs> you get there,
0: I love the interchange between Scott and the kids. And the one kid's that- like, so let me one- get the straight, Santa. If I want to become Santa, all I have to do is push you off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> I get issues. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's important to mention too, because we didn't mention at the North Pole. Bernard gave Charlie this snow globe, yes, uh, which factor which he brings into Career Day to show the
2: class as well, and uh, that factors into the story later on as well. Yes, it does. Multiple of the stories that carries us through a few of the movies, doesn't it?
1: Yes, All of the movie. it does.
2: Um. So in the principal's office. The principal's concerned that Charlie has taken this delusion so far. Neil is assisting in a major way. Uh, He's pulling a full-on therapy session right there with Scott and the principal and the mom are also there. And another one of my (laughs) absolute favorite quotes, and I'm going to say it now because I can't – I'm just not going to save it for the end. I'm going to do it now. So they're trying to figure out where – Charlie got this delusion from in the first place. And so Neil's like, Scott, what was the last thing you and Charlie did before you went to bed Christmas Eve? Scott goes, well, we shared a bowl of sugar, did some shots of brown liquor, played with my (laughs) shotguns, Neil dressed a cat, looked for women. He's like, I read him a book. Neil goes, what book? Uh, Hollywood Wives. And then he's like, the night before Christmas, guys, come on. (laughs) Field-dressed cat. I love that quote so much. Um, So Neil and the wife and the principal are really pretty horrified, but we leave it at that. And Scott is like, you know, we got to figure something out here because this, this is going wrong and he still doesn't believe it. So then that leads to kind of a heart-to-heart with Charlie, where Scott, still not believing, basically says, hey, look, so this thing happened, but we can't tell anybody about it because it's a secret. So let's keep the secret together. And Charlie's like, okay, I can do that. And Scott's like, "Phew, dodged a bullet. And And this is us that are walking
0: through a zoo?
2: (laughs) It is. And there's a super cute little scene where all the reindeer are following Scott and Charlie out of (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is adorable. It's so cute. So this is uh, one of the aspects of this Santa I like. the part of the movie, reason I like this movie so much is it is an origin story for Santa, right? Just like Rankin Bass's "Santa Claus is Coming to Town" is an origin story, yeah. and that was my yeah, favorite Rankin Bass. Um, but it shows us like. <laughs> all of these things about santa and i just love how the reindeer just instinctively drawn to him just like we see later on even when he's not dressed as santa and doesn't have a beard full on beard yes. kids are just drawn to him as well yes. and he yes. just knows off his mind who's naughty and who's nice when he's walking down the street like yes i love
1: it now that's when he gets pervy
2: yeah he does get pervy there there's some definite pervage there.
1: That um, he, did y'all remember from the original one years like the when it originally aired when he like quoted off some like one eight hundred spank me or something. Yeah. Oh, he does
2: that earlier. It's his, isn't it? Neil's they, they, number or they, something.
1: They took they, out the spank me, out me out. part
0: in uh, the TV versions because that was a real uh, eight hundred number that kids were dialing and took them to some. Gosh. Shady.
1: <laughs>
2: what did they yeah, replace
1: it with? 1-800-pound or something.
0: which still doesn't sound even be- better. But- <laughs> well, it what
1: wasn't that it sounded bad. It, in was in that really it, really it wasn't that it sounded bad. It's that kids were calling this number and racking up huge phone bills for uh. their parents. Because, you know, Santa said this phone number, so we're going to call it.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we thought this was a good idea moment. Um, so is it right after that That all the transition stuff starts to happen uh, You get one
0: scene I think where Neil starts talking to, tries to, You see it heart to heart Between Neil and Charlie Where Neil oh, right. is trying to convince him
2: <laughs> What's that funny
0: So, so Neil uh, Had a heart to heart with Charlie too Right after this where he's trying to Be rational with him he has like a little Santa figure and a globe. And he's like, how can one man in one night yeah. go around the world? And Charlie talks about like space-time continuum. And Neo is just flummoxed. He's like, well, what about a reindeer? Have you ever seen a reindeer fly? And Charlie's like, yes. And again, yes. he's just <laughs> flummoxed. He's like, well, I haven't. <laughs> like, like, he he like have you ever seen a million, seen million?
2: dollars?
0: It, no. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist
2: doesn't mean it doesn't exist that's right he's so wise for his young age
0: for show. Sure.
2: and so this is the point where S- <laughs> i can't say anything now without it sounding just super gross i was about to say when his body starts to change <laughs> oh. this is the point where scott starts to like physically turn into santa claus Which makes it more and more real for him as well. So he wakes up in the morning and he's gained some substantial weight in his stomach area. And his facial hair has gotten completely out of control and happens to be white.
0: Wait, is the facial hair happening yet or is it just some weight? Because he shows up to work in complete sweats but still no facial hair.
2: Well, I didn't know how granular we were getting on this play-by-play. I I just want to talk to
0: you mentioned ben Peter 15. Boyle, and I loved that scene.
2: <laughs> oh, that scene is so good. <laughs> yeah, so he starts to gain weight. That's the first change that we see, and the first one that starts to worry him a bit, and like rapid weight, so much so that he goes to work for just a normal day, and he can only wear sweats, so he makes up some lie that his clothes burned or something right
0: he got got stung by a bee (laughs) had an allergic well that was
2: the weight but why is didn't he say something like why didn't he didn't have any clothes that fit oh i I don't know yeah so he talks about he got stung by a beater to explain the swelling and then (laughs) they put their lunch order in and everybody orders like a salad and he orders like two cookies and ice cream and then he gets like a salad with a dressing on the side (laughs) <laughs> and this is. go ahead
0: he is like a toy executive yes. that's his job so this meeting is about advertising for the upcoming Christmas season <laughs> a, new, a new toy uh, some kind of tanker toy so <laughs> they're going through the slides of Santa riding a tank with a bunch of like gnomy looking elves and he gets so offended by <laughs> The portrayal of Santa and the elves. It's just so funny. He's like, Santa would never drive a tank. And what about the elves? They should be younger. Sparkle. And his coworkers are looking at him like he is off his rocker at this point. I think Peter Boyle even takes him out of the room to tell him he needs to get help or something.
1: But Just so funny. I'm with him, though. I can't imagine Santa driving a panzer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that a pretty picture? Santa rolling down the street in a panzer.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. What does he say? He just took out the Henderson's
0: I hope you've been nice this year because he just took out little Johnny Henderson's house.
2: Incoming! (laughs) 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 Oh, that is such a good part. It is. So from here we get the the facial hair starts to come. The list arrives as he's trying to shave this hair that keeps regrowing back. The list comes to his door. Um, I liked the way the list was done and all of the red boxes. And, um, and the list the itself, the
0: handwriting, the collision. Yeah, the list
2: itself was just so pretty. The attention to detail was really great. Um, and so as this is happening, it's all – You know, it's obviously starting to convince him a little more, but he's still not entirely convinced. Um, and it's going to
0: convince his ex and her new husband that he is not.
2: He's taking it well. So the scene on the soccer field I really love because he's just sitting there watching the game on a bench and this little girl is like standing. Him on the bench, just looking at him, and he's just he scooches further away, and she just gets closer and closer and closer, and he's like, "What is it?" And she, what does she say? "I want a dolly." Yeah. <laughs> it's like they know. I love the way the kids just know. And then it's when the mom looks over, and there's this line of kids stretched down from him, and he's got one sitting on his lap, and he's just talking to her, all sweet. And- um, and yes, totally she gets
0: angry at this point because he, when he notices Laura, he hops up and the kid's like, wait, I'm not done. And he says, fax me. Totally. Yeah, 90. Fax me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So Laura is like concerned and Neil says, I think you're taking this to an unhealthy level. And call yeah, call me, <laughs> call me. <laughs> oh, my AirPods just did something funny. You pick it up. Whoever. I'll take. So, uh, I'll take the next part. So
0: they, so Neil and Laura basically decide to sue for custody of Charlie, or to re- revoke um, Scott's visitation rights, get him make his visits supervised because they worry about Charlie's well being, and. Um, while Charlie's in talking with the judge, Neil and Laura have this heart to heart about when they stopped believing in Santa. And it was when Laura didn't get a mystery date game when she was however old. And Neil was three and he never got a weenie whistle. Weenie
1: whistle.
2: He goes, You were three?
0: You were three. And he nods and he's like, Christmas came. No weenie whistle. No weenie whistle and you just feel bad like imagine having your so bad. ripped from you at that age and i know tom from a previous episode you found out pretty young
1: i did <laughs> was <traumatic>. but, uh... <laughs> I, hear, I feel you neil i feel you
0: <laughs> um scott shows up as charlie's coming out of the room with the judge and charlie tries to reassure his dad don't worry i told the judge everything which we know not good for scott because the judge isn't um, oh so the judge, you yeah, know, basically does exactly what Laura Neal wants. He needs supervised visits, whatever.
2: And
1: uh, is this really a reason that they would revoke custody, though?
2: If they really thought he was delusional, yeah.
1: I think so.
0: Like, yeah. imagine if a guy truly, truly <laughs> believed that, right?
1: I don't know. I that see a lot kid- of kids parents do I mean, a lot worse and still get their kids
0: that's true
2: well i mean that's you know i don't know so scott shows up
0: despite the judge's orders at the house on thanksgiving i always forget it's thanksgiving i always think it's christmas eve but mm-hmm. nope Scott shows up to talk to charlie thanksgiving and ends up kidnapping him for a month uh,
2: yeah which makes that so much worse poor laura said <laughs> so he was gone Not that I blame the dad or anything, but you know. And and Charlie, being
0: completely a selfless kid, says, don't worry about me. The other kids need you. Remember! And throws him the snow globe that Um, Bernard gave him, and he sees an image of the two of them flying through the sky on Christmas Eve last year, and it finally convinces him he's Santa. Yep. Laura gives him a moment alone with charlie bernard shows up and uh it's time to go yeah charlie's like can i come and bernard's like it's okay with me and scott's forced into this position where he takes charlie
2: bernard clearly doesn't have kids
1: (laughs)
0: clearly
1: understand (laughs) human laws
2: right
0: human laws (laughs) well why does he need to understand human laws when he could just send his elf squad to go break humans out of jail
2: oh my gosh i love that he looks at neil's sweater and he's like nice sweater is that one of ours (laughs) 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 for the tag and neil
0: there's laura he's sucking (laughs) us into his delusions (laughs) but um so Charlie and Scott go to the North Pole, start preparing for Christmas Eve, flame retardant suit, uh, <laughs> everything like that. Laura and Neil, meanwhile, call the cops. Uh, the cops think it's a big joke because <laughs> they're warned the guy will be dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> and one cop makes a joke, won't the uh, big red suit and white beard give him away? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Christmas Eve comes, Comet gives Santa a cute gift of a rope in case he falls off the roof, which I always Mm -hmm. thought was a really sweet scene between the two of them.
2: Yeah, because that's his one primary focus is not if he catches on fire, not if he blah, blah. It's like, what do I do if I fall off the roof?
0: (laughs) Hello. Yeah, he mentions it like three different times. And then Christmas Eve, right before takeoff, Comet gives him a rope with a card that says to Santa from Comet. Is this what have Is this in case they fall off the roof and Comet goes, and nods? Oh. <laughs> I love Comet. This cemented my love for Comet. Yeah. Um, Great. And we have to mention that Tim Allen, as Santa Claus in the full suit with the beard, the proper length, looks perfect. That suit it looks is. amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. And his pre Santa night, like when he's physically fully santa and he has just the most adorable sweaters on and the mittens that are connected and the hats he's yep. just precious he's the cutest little santa i love him as santa well
0: pop funko's coming out with that version of him in his sweater with his hands in the pockets. so you know he's like walking down the street all sad like instantly yes recognizable.
2: I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> me too but uh yeah they take off, start delivering presents around the world. He visits that little girl from the beginning.
1: Um, <laughs> he comes drinks at the, the milk. milk. She drinks the milk that he. She's like, I thought you were lactose intolerant.
2: It's soy milk. And, he,
0: and he's so, and he's cute. Rather, he he like puts his hand on his hips and he's like, I did say that, didn't I? Oh, like, he is. He's cute. so cute with her.
1: <laughs> he now knows how to engage with children. Yes. Yep. Yep.
0: Um. They show up at Lauren and Neil's house where the cops are waiting and <laughs> arrest him. <laughs> and then uh it's one of Julia's favorite scenes when he's taken to the police station and the chief yeah. of police is interrogating him.
2: I do love that scene. Look, I know you're Scott Calvin, you know you're Scott Calvin, so let's make this simple. I say name, you say Scott Calvin. Name Chris Kringle. Name Santa Claus. Name. Père Noël, Babon de Natale, pel's de Ciel, Topo <laughs> He's so cute, and he says it. <laughs> and he does that and little. And my dad is, is just laughing. a little
0: giggle. No <laughs> giggle yeah. afterward. <laughs> so what you want to talk this? about tropes? This is in more than a few movies where Santa ends up getting arrested for something.
1: He does.
2: with good reason i mean the guy breaks into houses
0: right yeah Uh, um so the elves realize he's missing they send a squad to break him out of jail using tinsel not just for decoration Uh,
2: elves with attitude
0: (laughs) um they take him back to laura and neil's house scott returns charlie home And Laura and Neil are thrilled to see him. And actually, I didn't mention it earlier, but there's a really cute scene when they still think he's kidnapped and they're decorating for Christmas and Neil has Charlie's stocking in his hands and, like, he's just so clearly worried and depressed before he hangs it up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So Charlie's happy to see his mom, but then says, we gotta go. And they rush forward they don't have to leave and that's when scott's like charlie you have to stay with your mom and there's this really sweet moment about it's very sweet but i need you or whatever he says and scott's Mm -hmm. like you believed in me what about all the other children blah 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 and Mm -hmm. laura watches and her heart and her heart melts and (laughs) And she gives her Christmas present to Scott, which is throwing away the custody papers. And she wants him to come back and visit as often as he wants.
2: And uh, yeah, when she realizes it, you know, her whole, like, oh my gosh, you really are saying that moment is awesome.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) really awesome. And then there's that moment with Neil and Scott, and he's like, Scott, like, come on. And yeah. Scott's like, no. And they like lock eyes. And that's when Yeah, Nails and he's like,
2: Santa? And he's like, oh. And he walks up. <laughs> like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's
1: getting too real in here.
2: Yeah, getting too real.
0: <laughs> and uh, Bernard shows up. What's all this boohooing about? And he's like, uh, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> Just, yeah, the snow globe I gave you, just shake anytime you want to see your dad, and he'll come back. So uh, Scott goes back up the chimney, the cops come in, but it's too late, and uh, he flies away, but not before uh, dropping a few last gifts down from the sky. He got Laura mystery date and Neil his weenie whistle. Weenie which whistle. I thought I always loved that payoff afterwards, despite, like, he than their childhood back. Just like he does in the yeah. second one at the teacher's staff party. Yeah, which exactly he does at the
1: part, at, in the gym.
0: Yep. That's
1: a pretty sad party, too, by the way.
0: <laughs> Until he wipes it up. Until he, gets... Until um, he
1: wastes some Christmas magic.
0: That's right. So, Scott flies away. He's barely gone ten minutes before Charlie's snake- shaking that globe again, and... <laughs> He shows up, makes a comment about how little time it's been, and uh, he asks Laura, how about it? One quick ride with Charlie, and she's like, okay, but not over any ocean, Scott. And as they're flying away, she's like, Scott, Santa, as (laughs) he's flying away. And the end, and I love it.
2: It's just so good. It just gives me all the feels. It is so good.
0: And we didn't mention it but the music is good too that doo 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 that yes. movie
2: Yeah the music is great
1: and yeah Did you notice yeah, when they- uh So one thing I found when I was researching this I'm going to send you guys the picture here Did y'all notice the Mickey Mouse ears in the moon? No No Look at this guys But it makes sense Disney <laughs> Hold
2: on mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, look at that. Isn't that cool? That, is, that cool. is cool. Never would have noticed that.
0: So, does this film pass the line? There was definitely Linus moments at the end for all of them, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yep. Scott, Laura, and Neil. So, do you have quotes? I have quotes. Of course. Okay, so I like when they go to their first house. The night he pushes, well, he pushes, the night Santa falls off his roof, (laughs) and he's (laughs) unsure of what to do. And Charlie's like, get the bag of toys. And Scott's like, and do what? And Charlie's like, go down the chimney. And Scott's like, down the chimney. You want me to take the toys down the chimney into a strange house
2: in my underwear? I'm going to echo the underwear quote type ones, and this is another one of my favorite quotes. So it's when his ex-wife is leaving, and he's in the uh, Scott Calvin PJs, and she's a little outraged, and he goes, it was a dream. Stuff like that doesn't happen. It was a dream. Come on. I don't even wear pajamas. Normally, I sleep naked, buck naked, ha, and then this old lady and her daughter walk by, and he's like, good morning, Miss McCoy, Mary Catherine. <laughs> Sometimes boxer shorts, you know. <laughs>
1: I thought it was funny when Scott, when they're starting out and they're in the sleigh and Charlie says, whoa, dad, we're flying. And Scott's like, I'm okay. I'm used to it. I lived through the (laughs) sixties.
2: Oh, I didn't like like it when he's at the doctor's office about his weight and he listens to his heartbeat and it's um, jingle bells. (laughs) (laughs) I like
0: it too. I thought that was cute. Um, I like when Neil's like at the end, Charlie, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. And Charlie's like, that's okay, Neil. You were just denying your inner child. Uh-huh. And he's like, You're going to be a Greek psychiatrist someday, kid. And Charlie's like, nah, I think that I'm going to go into the family business. And we see that thirst for blood. <laughs> just like Simba singing a song about how he can't wait to be king, but uh-oh, that means yeah. daddy has to die. <laughs> disney
2: disney is hard on parents especially dads yeah they are so bad
0: <laughs> i like at the beginning when <laughs> charlie's asking scott why he uh doesn't like neil and scott's saying he does like neil and charlie's talking about why he likes neil and he's like i learned a lot from him he listens to me and scott's like yeah then he charges you for it <laughs> And when he's putting on the suit for the first time, this thing, you never know where it's been a thousand malls. Well, I hope you're (laughs) happy, Comet. I hope you're happy. But most importantly, I hope the guy that lives here is a tailor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So do you know when this movie was filmed, it was filmed during the summer? And it got so unreasonably hot for Tim Allen that he'd have to take breaks. <gasps> and he'd get so hot with everything on, he rubbed a rash on his neck. But he'd also oh, and curse in front of the elves that were playing children.
2: <laughs> oh, no. That's not good. Curse, were these yeah. the dirty days for him? Were these what? Is he still drugging it up during these days?
1: Mm, I don't know.
2: I think he was in and out of addiction through these years.
1: Cocaine addiction, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought it was cute when he goes back to that little girl at the end and she tells him, you're fatter this year. Like, it's a compliment. And Santa's Santa's like, thank you. You've grown too.
2: (laughs) He's so sweet. He's so sweet.
0: He is. And I love that last scene of him and Charlie in the sleigh, the first Christmas Eve, when Charlie's in the back laughing as a dog is looking at his face. Yeah, but that's so cute. You see Scott just kind of relaxing, the sun's rising, he's done, and he's like, and he just shouts out, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And when I wake up, I'm getting a cat scan. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Sarah said this was a movie that made her you know, doubt things. Doubt. And she said it's because the whole movie is about like every yeah. adult in this film, including Scott until the end, trying to convince you know, nobody
2: believes in Santa.
0: And she So that till
2: the she, end didn't redeem her to the fact or it just planted the seed? She was like
0: she was like she said when she was young, she was just like, Well, Santa existed why didn't any of these adults believe in him before scott became santa and she said and she said watching all these christmas movies now miracle on 34th street or elf or all these films like she's surprised they don't you know at least plant the seed more with young kids
1: yeah
2: i did like how judy explained it though where she said most adults can't believe in santa because the magic is you know lost on Mm them.
0: Yeah, I like that too. (laughs) Still bitter we never got to see that polar bear directing traffic. Right.
1: (laughs) Now, I don't know if y'all saw this movie, did start a little flame war on Reddit today, or yesterday, between Jerry Davila, a guest from a couple episodes ago, and Anthony, where Jerry Jerry, basically says this movie is meh. And uh, then they go into a, he says, uh, Jerry said, I missed Bernard in, th- in the third one. That one's good, but it's a little too depressing for my taste. If I miss it, well, meh. I remember seeing in a tiny rundown theater in a very small town in Texas where my grandparents and great-grandparents lived. I still remember sneaking in them and buying buttery popcorn and a ginormous Coke.
0: Oh, Fun yeah. memory.
1: But then they go on to argue about the go- about Goonies. And Anthony is accused of sacrilege. <laughs> And as much as I like to gang up on Anthony and agree with other people uh, Jerry sorry I'm on I'm with Anthony on this one
2: Yeah as as um, uh,
1: UT uh j 82 Joan Mary Joan Marie Slatum, Gina Hawk 70 Kristen S Madison and Gelnerk all on Instagram through some love uh, in the comments about this movie to,
0: to jerry's point like he says it's kind of depressing for him i i wouldn't call it depressing i'd say it has a certain sense of that christmas melancholy a lot of films do like charlie brown has a bit of melancholiness it does and like it's a wonderful life and the miracle on the 34th street in a way too they all have this certain bit of melancholy but i wouldn't call it a depressing film
2: mm-hmm
1: at this point, y'all, if you were to rate this movie, what would you give it?
2: I'm happy with my ranking. I gave it a 9.95. I'm good with that.
0: I'm happy with my ranking. 10.
1: I'd, rate, I'd move it up to a 9.2 for an
0: 8.75.
2: Nice. Nice.
1: Which I don't think would really do anything on the, on the list, but it would have had a... It did deserve... I, did, I would go back and give it a little higher. Mm-hmm.
0: Was fun. I've been loving this month. It's gonna suck going back to crappier movies next
2: month. I know. I can't even bring myself to look at the schedule, honestly. (laughs) 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 Um,
0: so we would love our listeners to chime in and let us know whether you're with Jerry or myself. Do you like this movie? Do you find it depressing? Do you not like it? Uh, And you can do that by visiting us on Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can get to any of those sites by going to tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, leave us a comment. And if you haven't yet, please think about visiting iTunes or wherever you download these podcasts and leaving us a review. Because Every new review helps new listeners find us, and it helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. So- I'm
1: confused, y'all. What's up? What? Why are y'all upset about next, mo- next week? No, I said Not next, next
2: week. Month. Oh, next, next month? month.
1: Yep. We yeah. stuff next month, too. Oh, do we? I don't even know
2: what's
0: on the
1: schedule. S Noel is next month, and I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. And we got the Christmas Prince for a wedding. Come on, guys. Okay. If you want to get bonus content including uh, some possible outtakes from this episode where we had a little and by we I mean I had a little (laughs) faux pas at the beginning uh, check out our Patreon. We've got some new stickers and some new buttons coming out in the next month and we'll be running a promotion for some Tiz the Podcast swag and you'll get a discount if you're a Patreon. Go to Tiz the Podcast dot com slash Patreon, so and you know,
0: in our normal feed, you don't have to wait till next week for an episode. Christmas in July is coming out this week, guys, and I think we should should release something special, doubly special for our listeners. So uh, <laughs> I would uh, check your regular podcast feed this upcoming Thursday, guys. You may be in Do for that. a treat.
1: <laughs> Question mark.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's definitely going to be a treat.
2: It'll Question be mark. something. <laughs> I tell you what, now is the time to get in on the social media because I have a feeling that particular episode that drops is going to generate all the things on all the places. <laughs> 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 we welcome it all. We welcome it all.
0: We welcome it all. It's all in good fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. That's right. <laughs> Next week, if you want to get a jump start on your homework, we will be covering the final movie in our Christmas in July movie fest where we're revisiting some of our favorites. We'll be covering... Christmas vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, to be specific. So we get to talk about the Griswolds next week, which I am super excited about. We're basically just going to do quotes the entire hour.
1: That's Once it. we get through that, then we get Christmas, Prince, the royal wedding.
2: Get excited. <laughs> 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 I have another reason to be excited. If the Griswolds aren't your thing, I know it is your thing. We only have... 3,744 hours until Christmas. That's only wow.
0: 156 days. That's only 22 weeks, guys.
2: That's insane. That's only 22 more episodes until Christmas. That's
0: crazy. That sounds
2: terrible. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> so 22 I can't wait.
0: Like in another month and a half, we're going to be at that point. We want it to start slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And especially because next year is a leap year. So we're going to have to adjust to 366 days.
2: Hey, so if you are on our social medias, I'm going to off the cuff here, propose a new giveaway. We have lots of fun stuff here. Lots of Christmas-themed stuff that's just been piling up in our houses that I want to give to somebody. So whoever is the first person to post, let's do the first two people, to post Christmas merchandise in a store near you that is not a year around Christmas store. So we're talking a mainstream store. Whoever posts the first picture of Christmas memor- memorabilia in your store gets something. From us. And uh, honor system,
0: guys. Make sure it's a picture from this year. We're gonna yep. do honor system. Don't go back through your phone a year.
2: Yeah, we need like a timestamp or something, like a yeah. proof of death, proof of life. Sorry, it's not proof of hold, death. Hold up a
0: newspaper, guys. <laughs> We're gonna make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you can, if you can prove that it is this year, that would be good.
2: And we'll start to drop some teasers on what the actual giveaways are on our social media here in the next weeks to come.
0: And I will, uh, don't think about Googling, Google imaging guys, because I will reverse Google image the heck out of that. So I think just trust people, y'all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a lot nice more complicated. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: from New York. I don't trust anyone.
1: They're all on the nice list, y'all. They're all on the nice list. There's room for everybody on the nice list. All (laughs) right. Do your homework, gang, and we'll talk next week. Bye, guys.